Welcome, one and all, once again to another week of Rinky Dinking, presented by our friends, our new friends, at Choctaw Casinos and Resorts, whom I trust had a big weekend with Super Bowl 55 going down. I'm Daryl Ray, D-Ray, the big bloviator with me. Uh, via top-end electronics and internet voodoo is, of course, Mike Finding Things Interesting Heike. How'd you do in your Super Bowl pool there, Finding Things Interesting? Uh, my wife always plays the square game at work, and we did not get anything. Oh. We actually had a, a four and a one, which I thought, you know, you got a 14-21. I thought this could shake out for us, but it didn't work. Well, it depresses things right off the hop today. I, I, I thought it was going to be a big win for Mike in there somewhere, but uh, anyway. Uh, and the 20-something that wanted, I'm sure, a Nickelodeon presentation of the Super Bowl, <laughs> not Jim and Tones on a Tiffany network, Jeff Totes. How What's be up? you, Jeff? Doing well. Doing well. What's up, guys? Am I right? Would you have preferred the Nickelodeon presentation? Yeah, they gave us a little tease in the pregame show with some Nickelodeon graphics. And <laughs> it's coming in the next few years, I hope. You're probably right. You're probably right. Show be right. Uh, let's start with biggest takeaways from this Super Bowl, since everybody likes to weigh in. There are some people actually out there that believe that Monday after the Super Bowl should be a holiday. Have you heard that? I have heard that. That, that would be insane, would it not? I mean, you you need we that? are the United States of America. Yeah, we can well, bow down to the football gods, and this is the biggest day of the year, so heck, why not? Well, here, I'll go first. I, I did not know, I did not know, as a Canadian slash American, because I'm both now, I did not know that the weekend is Canadian. Oh, yeah. He's from Scarborough, Ontario. That's crazy. I did not know that. That's right. I thought the commercials were barf. For the most part, uh, the cutouts in the stands made it look great on TV. The broadcast—I probably shouldn't weigh in on that. I'm in broadcasting; that's not nice. <laughs> I'll just leave that. I'll leave that for you guys if you want. Uh, I have my thoughts, though. <laughs> I'd love to spew them, but I should not. I'll—I'll—I'll <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give one, Jim. Did Jim Nance just borrow a jacket at the last minute? Did you see that on camera? Needs a tailor. Like, it looked like he borrowed his, his big brother's suit jacket to get into the restaurant or something. It was way too big. The country club and, has a dress code. <laughs> that's exactly what it looked like. And CBS needs to drop the uh, logoed emblazoned blazer. I mean, that, that, is, that is 25 years ago. Like, you can put the, the CBS logo everywhere, and it w was right between the two of them. And yet they have their, again, <laughs> it, does, it looks very country club. The, the, uh, the blazers on with the, the blue blazers with the gray slacks, Sansa belt slacks or whatever. It's just wrong, wrong. They need to update that. Uh, honey badger, the old honey badger epitomized the old adage that if you lose your cool, you lose the argument, and then you just ultimately lose. But ultimately, yesterday was all about Tom and Tom Brady. And I love greatness, and he's greatness. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump on that one. Um, it was interesting uh, watching Patrick Kane yesterday afternoon, and he's just so calm, and he makes these simple little plays. It's a five-foot pass here, and it opens up ice for his teammate, and and so I'm watching Brady, and he's fantastic. And then they show the replay on the long pass to Gronk down the middle. And it shows him with a fake handoff on the play action, and the linebacker jumps up three feet because Tom sells the fake handoff. And you're like, huh. So many times you see a quarterback just kind of half-ass a fake handoff, and it doesn't really work. But as soon as that linebacker jumps up, Gronk's right behind him, and he's got, you know, 40 yards of, of room. And you just, it goes back to details and little things. And you can be the greatest at your position, but you still got to do the work and put the work in. It's, so Patrick Kane showed me that yesterday afternoon, and Tom Brady showed it to me at the Super Bowl. It's as if those two have done that before or something. I know, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. What did you think of the entire presentation, Mike? Are we still, uh, are we still recovering from our broadcast in the <laughs> afternoon to set it up? 
I will say I didn't get there till the uh, start of the second quarter, so I missed a lot of the beginning stuff. Um, it, I heard somebody say this the other day, and, and I think it really is true. Like, birthdays and Super Bowls are for when you're young. So when I was young, that was a cool deal. <laughs> I and haven't now, heard that, but that what? might be true. <laughs> and now it's just like, eh, well, it's just a football game. But, when, I mean, when I was young, it was even 30s, it was a big deal. And now I'm like, eh, I've seen 30 of these. It's just like the other ones. And so it was fine. Uh, I don't mind the weekend. I thought it was a, a nice halftime presentation. Uh, I'm with you. I didn't like the commercials. They're trying way too hard now. Or um, not trying hard enough. I don't know which one maybe, it was Maybe, or they've used every single trick in the bag. Yeah, have, maybe, maybe. Half their tricks were tricks from 20 years ago. Oh, my ago. God, though. But do you remember back in the day? Like, it was just, the, the place would go silent when the game stopped. Yeah. And everyone would just be like, and then they were, they were genuinely funny and witty and creative. Just the beer ads themselves yeah. were worth the price of admission. And uh, and now it's just I don't know. It I'll give just, you the old I'll uh, give you the old white guy opinion. I really like Bruce Springsteen's commercial. Of course was, you would. It, it you, touched. Ah, get him. It, it touched me politically. Uh, oh, it touched I, you politically. Because I Mike, do believe the answer is, is in the dinking. middle. We're not political here. The answer is in the middle. The answer, my friend, is <laughs> blowing in the wind. Uh, well, here. If this is truly about uh, the children, yeah, then JT should weigh in here uh, on the Super Bowl <laughs> and what he thought. Because it's all about you. The, the presentation is for you. Every camera is just for you, Jeff Totes. That's true. I'll give you two thoughts, neither football-related. Uh, the first, dealing with commercials, I was really disappointed in Tide for as a big Seinfeld fan that they got a Jason Alexander cameo and just squandered it on a weird concept with a animated shirt. And then he, he comes up at the end, but I was, yeah, that, that was a miss in my opinion. Um, and then with regards to presentation broadcast, I have to say this season in the NFL, I think around week four or five, maybe we saw the first inception of that, what people are calling the 8k camera. And yeah, what is that? First off, it doesn't shoot in 8K, and that's I don't know when that myth started. I, I own the exact same camera they're using on Fox and CBS last night. It, uh, it shoots in 4K, and oh, then that's... you with 8K money. <laughs> <laughs> it shoots in 4K. It's down-converted to 1080p. It's just HD, and the reason the image looks so sharp is because of uh, shallow depth of field. So they're using these prime cinematic lenses, and it looks cool. I can do the same thing on my iPhone. I can't take video it's, like that. It's basically portrait mode uh, with yeah. just a little bit more advanced. But you don't, you don't like that? No, it... It hasn't hit the point where it's realistic for broadcast yet. And we saw that last night and they just keep trying to shoehorn it in. Like a good example is it's great when you have a still subject and you can lock your focus on that. I think one of the biggest shots earlier in the season was Aaron Donald kind of bouncing on the sideline, getting ready to take the field. And people were losing their minds saying it looked like a video game. And that was cool. But they're trying to use it like a broadcast camera where they're taking As they're it. moving, a bunch of bodies are moving at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, last night, they go down to midfield for the coin toss and it looks awesome because everyone's in their spot. The captains are facing mm -hmm. each other and then they try and use it since it's mounted on a steady cam. They try and follow one of the captains off and you, you just lose him and it gets blurry and it's not worth how awkward that looks to me. Like I, I shoot stars games like that occasionally because I'm just picking those in focus moments for edits. It's, I don't think it's a realistic broadcast camera yet. And it's a bummer that everyone's like losing their minds to the point that they're, forcing it on us. I think, I think it's realistic in the next couple of years, once they get uh, like the locking focus, follow technology, you can take a camera like that and rely on it to hold the subject in focus. But right now it's just awkward and I'm, I'm over it, man. If you don't did like you, that, you, you should never post game Tootsie. What's that? But, like on the field in the post game, it seemed like they used a ton there and it, it seemed to work. But it it was, cool. I don't have that eye. It was cool. Really tight on Brady. I saw right after the game, I think he was hugging someone and they, yeah, it was it was limited movement, so that was awesome. Uh, but when they're taking it for these end zone celebrations and stuff, and it's going in and out, it's I don't like it. Yeah. Well, don't ever scroll through Mrs. Ray's uh, camera phone pictures <laughs> if you don't like out of focus stuff. <laughs> uh, hey, look, it had to have been better than 
these uh, Zoom videos that we put out on broadcast around the league right now with us. Well, look, uh, I mentioned I love greatness, and success leaves clues, and you can, in fact, import championship pedigree. And somebody sent it out on Twitter yesterday that it reminded them of, of essentially the New York Rangers in 94 winning the sixth Stanley Cup for the Edmonton Oilers and thinking, well, Gronk and, and Brady are basically extending the excellence of the New England Patriots. And kind of right, it conjured up the memories of Messier as the captain of the Rangers, and he had Kevin Lowe and Glenn Anderson and, and Craig McTavish and Nessa Tikkanen and my old buddy and roommate Jeff Bukaboom, who were all former Oilers uh, that were there in, in New York. And it, it does translate that way, and it also, I, Mike – Reminds us of late mm-hmm. 90s stars, right? Yeah, when Mon- Montreal South. Yes, brought in uh, earlier. It was it was Ludwig, and, and then it was Carboneau, and it was Keane, et cetera. And it, it just brings a, a completely different dimension. And I hate when everyone says, well, we need swagger, and it, it's swagger in this. But it is. That's exactly what it is. It is a swagger from guys that, that do everything that you have to do to be phenomenal at what you do and understand all the things that go into that. And they've been there and they've done it and they have the swagger because of it. And through almost through a little bit of osmosis and a lot of, Hey, just fall, just do some of the things that I do. Just follow the way we, we carry ourselves. And all of a sudden those people that had tons of talent, but didn't have a map, have a map and then you have championships and and that's what I was thinking about especially early when it was just Brady to Gronk Brady to Gronk and it was like yeah Patriot way is the Brady way and here we go yeah and I I do think the other people kind of hop on board too Uh, like back in the day Hitch kind of changed what he had coached when he you know previously to become a Montreal or Ganey like coach and then Mike Madano changed his way too. And it's funny because I, I always hear this about Brady that, you know, if he took the criticism of Belichick, then everybody had to take the criticism of Belichick. Right. Yeah, and good point. Hitch, and Hitch used to say, if Mike Madano's playing defense, then everybody has to yeah. play defense. And yeah, it, you do point. set that bar with those people. And I think that became, you know, something they did. That defense was great too. And it Ooh. was just a mix of Defense wins championships, parts. Mike. Yes, that's right. supposedly Norm had a, a thing on the uh, on the ticket where they were talking about betting. Of course, surprise, uh, <laughs> and he said something like eighty five percent of the Super Bowls have been won by the team with the higher rated defense during the regular season. And I thought that I mean eighty five percent is a pretty big deal, and you know clearly they were the better defense last night. Mm. Yes. Hey, look. Same in our sport. Your ability to suppress scoring. Uh, you look at the teams that end up. Uh, it, it's not what it was, but it's still there. Like you, you better be a top six, top five defensive team if you want to have any kind of delusions about we're championship caliber. You can't just score. You can't just be offense. It doesn't work. It's no. been proven. Yeah, and and the numbers are oftentimes. You know, first, second, third. Uh, what was Tampa Bay last year? Were they first? And Dallas well, second, something like that. Some of some of it's a little bit skewed, just because you've had you've had these teams that have you know been top three or led the league in goals again, and then maybe didn't win, maybe ran into some injuries or whatever. But you, within a relatively short period of time, they've been one of the very best defensive teams in the league. And then they yep. win. And, and, you know, Pittsburgh was that way. I, I think when Washington won the Stanley Cup, it was like a year or two years before they won it that they led the league in, in goals against average. So, you know, you look at the Bruins, you look at uh, the Islanders, and you look at the Stars the last couple of seasons, they've been the three best. And you look at them come playoff time, and you're like, man, they're going to be a tough team to get through. Now, other teams end up winning it, but they're in that like expanded group that I talk about that either was really, you know, top end a year or two prior to that, or they're still top 10 or somewhere in that realm 
you don't have anybody that is 23rd in goals against average that is in the Stanley Cup final. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, so Brady at, Brady at 43. Wow. Brady at 43. First off, he, doesn't, he looks like he's in his mid-20s. Like he's a handsome my, man, first my, off. But, my wife noticed that. that but he looked, no, honest he to God, really though. Good. Like, I finally, I, during quarantine, I finally watched uh, Benjamin Button. I, mm-hmm. A good movie. It's yep. long, but it's, I thought it was an excellent movie. And he, 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 he just seems like he has Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> he almost looks like he's getting younger as this thing moves along. And, uh, and he plays like a spry you know, 28, 29, something like that. Not a guy three years into his 40s. No, and, and says, I think, says he wants to play till 45. Yeah, and I think we've heard from him and from other athletes that you, if you do the diet and you do the exercise and you do this, you know, every day for the entire year, <laughs> you really can extend your career. Obviously, broadcasters and scribes aren't getting that memo. <laughs> Especially the scribes. We don't. We're not extending our careers with any of that stuff. Uh, putting all, nothing but toxic poisons in our bodies to get through this. Okay, uh, oldest stars trivia then, since we're at a 43-year-old Super Bowl champion. Oldest player to play for the franchise. Did you do your homework, Mike? I did not, oh, but I was going okay, to take hold a it. guess on it. Totsi, well, do you know? I don't, actually. Oh, it's a fun name. Andy Moog's idol. It go is. ahead, Mike. Gump Worsley. Yeah. <laughs> How and old they was told, he? 43? 44. 44. 10 months and 19 days. Goaltender for the North Stars. The old Gumper. The old uh, uh, Minnesota people would tell stories about how he would uh, bake cookies or brownies in the afternoon because it calmed him down, and then he'd bring them <laughs> in for the play. <laughs> Aromatherapy. He, yeah, he, he didn't really uh, uh, follow the diet there, and, and yet he still hung on. Yeah, no, they, they were not on the Tom Brady TB12 diet back in those days. <laughs> uh, oldest Dallas star. Mm. Do you want to take a stab? Research. Anyone? No idea. The Wizard. I don't either. Ray Whitney. Ah. He was ooh. 41, 10 months, and 26 days old. Him and Yager were, were about the same age, weren't they? Yeah, Yager was pretty close, but Whitney yeah. was older. And Whitney played a full year. Yeah. Uh, the oldest cup champion in franchise history. I'll go Carbo. Yeah, you got it. Uh, do you know, any idea how old he was? I think I have this right. I, I'm not 38? sure. 38? I think he was 39. 39, yeah. I think. Wasn't he in his 40s when he retired after the next year? Yeah, I think so. After 2000? I I, th- I, I, I honestly up front thought he was 38 too, but I, th- I think he was a year older. I think he was 39. And still having an impact. Still asking to shut down Forsberg. Amazing. He had an amazing well, career. Hall of Fame career, by the way. Yes. <laughs> One of Bob's uh, great quotes was, uh, yeah, he doesn't skate as well as he used to, but he sure knows where to stand. Yeah, I know. I've used it many <laughs> times since. It's so good. It, it's so spot on about veteran guys, too. So some of the youngest stars are are getting the wet dried from the back of their ears right now, aren't they? Yes, indeed. As we see that segue by me. Yes, you do. As we brought that from the nice. oldest to the youngest. Yeah, nice. that's how you win whatever we can submit for podcast awards. Right there, the totes, uh, the potties. And they, what is it? <laughs> the potties? potties? The potties? Is there is there such a thing? I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up. Please do. Right. What? Oh, my God. Siri's talking to me on my... Nothing, Siri. I'm not talking to you. We have a guest on the program? That's right. She just said, okay. Sure. Yeah, that's our first guest. We're going to have guests this season, too. We're threatening to have guests and take uh, some questions that we'll answer. But anyway, back to my point. Uh, the young guys are popping the seal in the blackout unis. You notice that? Yeah. They like it. The, the kid, they... Yeah. I told you it wasn't oh, yeah, my demographic. Yes, and, and the, <laughs> those those blackout uniforms are for the younger demographic. And the youngest Dallas Stars, the rookies, are embracing them. You had Delandria scoring his first ever National Hockey League goal against Detroit in it, in black and skyline green. 
You had Ottinger against the Wings pick up his first victory in that. And you had Robertson yesterday against the Hawks notch his first and a beauty uh, against them. It, hey, look, years from now, they won't, they won't even care. Look at, look at Garyanov. His went off his knee on a little deflection in the slot. Remember Madonna's first? I don't. Oh, God, we, we showed it so many times. His first goal was scored against uh, Healy of the Islanders, uh, who now runs the NHLPA, I think, Glenn Healy. It, it's a shot. It, it's so 80s goaltending, and I was part of it. It's a shot at, from, like, center, it feels like, and it goes off of his glove and, and in. It's just E-netminder on it. But that was, that was the first of, of a ton, uh, the highest-scoring Americana ever. But it's kind of fun that these kids are getting it done in those wild unis, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, I, I love the process of watching a kid and, and seeing the, the gears turn in his head. Mm-hmm. And, and I definitely think that's happened for Robertson in these four games. I mean, the, the first couple of games, he looked lost. Uh, last game, he looked like he had a little bit more idea. And then uh, the game, you know, just yesterday, uh, he was fantastic. I thought he was fantastic. I mean, like I always say, there's as much as it, you know, it goes off your hip or whatever, there's a reason why you're in that place. And it's because you really worked hard to get there. And I thought he he worked as hard as as he has in the NHL uh, last game. And and I thought he was rewarded. He had a lot of great chances. Yeah, I said on the broadcast, the puck seems to be following him around in this one. And, and when you're a puck skill guy, and that's what he's going to be, like his his best attributes come through when he has the puck or the stars have the puck, not when the other team has the puck. Although he'll yeah. work on that, and that's what will ultimately get him minutes and keep him in the league. It's no different than Gurionov was as a rookie last year. I, I love listening to coaches and, and Bones was talking about, you know, if you read between the, the lines or the statements a little bit, you can, you can actually hear what they're talking about. He's talking about, you know, there's some opponents that are better suited for these young guys than others. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get, you get a mostly skill speed game that you get against some of these teams versus like a heavy defensive first uh, approach where there's not a lot of space out there. You're going to have to make your own room and some fit uh, them a little bit better than others at this point in their career. And it looked as though we'll find out again tomorrow night, but it looked as though maybe the the Blackhawks and their style of play is a, a pretty good little mesh for, for Jason Robertson, who I agree was very, was very good. Just just looked like an NHLer yesterday, and and hey, every goal scorer has a ton of those garbage goals like that because they just they understand timing and and go to an area and they'll get the favorable bounce from here to and there. And the ones that think, well, I'm going to score nothing but pretty goals and I'm going to open up on the perimeter, are the ones that get frustrated and find themselves back in the minors again or struggling to stay in the lineup in that. So. They say, you know, go to the net with a little you stick on the ice and a little bit of passion and some bravery and good things will happen for you. And they did. Boom. Yeah, and you hope you hope the positive reinforcement helps too, because the first three games, I don't think he had a shot attempt, let alone a shot on net. And so, you know, when you do that and things go good for you, you hope, okay, well, he's thinking, Hey, I need to I need to get around the net more. I need to fire the puck more. Uh, because good things will happen if I do that. Hmm. It's beautiful, Mike. It was like that's a what soliloquy. That's what I'm here for. Uh, what the, wasn't the poet laureate of the uh, yeah? Oh yes, are you ever the <laughs> the poet Lou? We'll call you. Uh, rough week for our our very lovable netminder Anton Hadobin. As we won't spend a lot of time on it, but it's worth talking about for a second. Doby got disciplined. Uh, he fought the puck a, a tad bit on that. First road trip of the season. Got yanked in Carolina. He allowed what looked like kind of stoppable for him, certainly. Uh, looking goals. And then he had a real Angora soft outing in, in Columbus. I just, I love his honesty. You know, like there, there are a lot of guys that would, that would sort of bristle at any questions about performance or would deflect it or just not talk to the media at all. And you'd understand why. Uh, but, 
you know, he, he you could see after that that game in Columbus, and he was pointing the finger straight at himself, and uh, he was a little bewildered. It seemed like at his own performance, and then this happens right after that. He said today that it was he was late, and uh, you know they have rules. Same thing happened with Radulov under a different head coach, and uh, you you have to have rules, and you miss them and you break them, then there are going to be consequences, and then you move on from them. I suspect he'll buy multiple alarms in that going forward, and it'll never – he said, vowed today, it'll never happen again. And my hope is that it, it – you know, as bad as it is, and it's embarrassing to the athlete and that, that it can, it can be a little reset for him here, uh, and he can just get back to being Doby again. It is interesting. It is. Say. Yes, it is, Mike. It is, is, it, is it, Mike? It is. What, it is. How interesting well, is it, Mike? Tell us how interesting. When you look at their lives versus our lives, I'm late all the time. You know, it's just there is something to being a pro athlete. I'm never is. late. I am never Look, late. I am petrified of being late. for the team. I am and, petrified of being late. Yeah. And again, maybe that's, your, maybe that's your history as a professional athlete. I, um, I, it might have some of that, but... I don't know. It's just I. That's one thing I I I just shudder at the thought of scrambling. That's why I get to the rink early. I usually I, I don't think I ever hear my alarm go off. I always wake up before it. If there's a bus when we used to travel in that, I mean I I phone for a wake up call along with that, along with having someone call me at a certain time, uh, just to make sure that I'm up. Like I'm I'm anal that way. Yeah. So I, I got same. much better on the road uh, than I was at home or if I was traveling by myself. Uh, yeah, because the, the, the team makes you. you you've got to be there. What's the old saying? Uh, ten minutes you. early is five minutes late or whatever. Yeah. What? Say it again. Is it ten minutes early is five minutes late? <sighs> yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. But isn't that a Lombardi <laughs> thing? Wasn't Something. that a Lombardi thing? Yeah. Ten minutes early is five minutes late. I love. I'd like to hear totes with that though. Although you say you're petrified by it too, because I think young people would look at that or hear that and they'd go, "That doesn't make any sense." Like if they if they want us there at like nine, then I'm coming at nine. I, I tell you what, my first year traveling with the team. I mean, fi- I, it was my first. It was my second year employed by the team, and I was 22 at the time. Like I I was sleeping terribly. I was so stressed about missing a bus, missing a flight, like anything. Like I had nightmares where I would miss a flight or a bus. Like I was on the bus like 30 <laughs> minutes at the least before, your pillow? before morning skate. Like that was getting the last four hours of your sleep on the bus. I tell you what, I was early for I hear everything. You. Hey, my daughter's going through it at, at Alabama uh, with volleyball. You know, this is the first year where he's, she's had to wake up like really early uh, where she has to be there at, at like six. And and she is just beside beside herself. She can't sleep at night. She's worried about sleeping in. She's getting a little more comfortable with it now. But it's the same thing. Yeah, I feel yeah. that. Same thing. I get it. Mike Mike doesn't. He's just <laughs> late. No. Mike's just chilling. Mike Mike couldn't care less back in I will the day. Say, I will <laughs> say back in the day, like there was what 10, 12 years where I just was on my own on the road. What would you do? Like if you missed your flight in the morning, yeah, there's probably yeah. another one. Whatever. Yeah, that's a, you know yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, some way, you always get there. You know, it always works. So, Totsi, remember, ten minutes late, ten minutes early, early. is five minutes, fifty minutes later, whatever that was. <laughs> it's a good one, though. Uh, let's change gears. Mike, you did some terrific work. I'm going to praise you here oh, no. deeply because I read all your stuff. I don't always tell you how great you are uh, because you put out so much stuff. I mean, it's just like a shotgun blast of information. And a lot of times you regurgitate the same stuff over and over again for the late crowd. Is that what you guys do nowadays? You just keep pumping pretty, it out, same much. stories? Yeah. In case you missed it. Oh, yeah, you put the I-C-Y. What is, I-C-Y-M-I. M-I. M-I, there you go. I knew the acronym, sort of. Uh, anyway, you're scrolling through Twitter. You might have missed it. I know, Hey, look, I'm not calling you out on it. I'm just saying that's <laughs> a lot. A lot of times I'm like, oh, my God, Heike, we've seen that story. Really? <laughs> Move on. Write something new. Anyway, you've done some terrific work on on Twitter regarding the upcoming expansion draft and protection and contracts. And it got me thinking about Klinger's contract. 
John Klingberg, one of the great bargains in the NHL right now. He's what? He's uh, six years in on a seven-year deal. Is that right? Yeah, yeah next year's his last year. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's it's a ton it's a ton of money to you and I, but for as great a player uh, as as he is, it it's a bargain, right? At four, a little over four million, four two five, I think a year. Now, yeah, as I- as John has said, he wanted security in term when he signed. He was like twenty two, maybe twenty one, not fully established, and was coming off double hip surgery. There was uncertainty due to that. You could understand it. And he wanted that security and and uh, signed it. So you think, I'm sure anybody out there would go, okay, he, he deserves to be making more money than that. Why, why not renegotiate three or four years into it then? Well, you can't. Not for a long, long, long time has that option been available. And... I, I I thought it was more recent than that, that you could take a contract and rip it up and say, hey, let's do another one that better fits your value and maybe takes you a little longer term. But you can't do that anymore, so you, you just have to live with it. And uh, the stars can talk extension starting on the 28th of July. It's usually July 1, right? But Correct. because of all this COVID and everything, it gets moved? Yep. And... Look, I hope he's. I hope they come to an agreement here, and I hope he makes mucho bank here or elsewhere. I guess if it doesn't work here, for some reason, somehow, but because he certainly deserves it, right? Yeah, I and such a good guy. I, oh you know, God! I, I, you know you don't you don't weigh this in because it's supposed to be performance only. But you watch him bring families into the locker room. Yeah, cho- you know, and you're just like, what a great guy. And I do. I honestly do think. He's one of the leaders on the team because he's a sore mm-hmm. loser. He hates to lose. And I do think that's a good thing for a team to have. And well, he hate, there's two things I'll add and I'll get, let you continue on. He hates to lose, and he loves to be on the <laughs> ice with the game on the line. Yes. Like, that's a special athlete. That's a special one. Yep. Well, you could even make a criticism right now that because John's been so good, we're not seeing Miro Haskinen in key situations. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the first power play's out there for 45, 50 seconds, or uh, sorry, a minute 45, minute 50 seconds. And so the second power play comes out with, you know, 20 seconds left. And uh, it's, it's been an interesting dynamic on, you know, why they can't do both John and Miro at the same time, which they have a little bit this year. But, but I, do, I do understand what they're doing, and I do understand why when they're healthy, having Miro on the second unit with whether that's Hinton Garyanov or whoever he has on the second unit, why that's important. Um, well, and, yeah, and John has been that good in key situations that they're choosing him over Miro right now. He, well, that and the fact that that Klinger doesn't kill penalties anymore, and and yeah. Haskinen does. So you gotta, you don't want to uh, just exhaust both of them all the time. They were running more of a meritocracy last year on the power play, and uh, this year maybe because they feared the meritocracy it's like hey we better score or we're not going to get out there on the first power play and they've certainly heeded that <laughs> they, yes. they have scored a ton of power play goals that that first unit uh but you did you you uh you dug deep and and you wrote some pretty good stuff on what's upcoming because it's not just john it's it's miro too that need, is going to need a new contract yeah i'll give you a third one what's what's alexiak work yeah, because he's UFA, so you could be going from a defense that might be one of the most best bargains in the NHL to three guys getting pretty significant raises. Who is Essa the highest paid back there? Yes, I think five point eight, which is pretty yeah. high for a defensive defenseman. But Essa no, I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't. I I remember when when contracts were exploding, and I forget who it was. Who was that now? It, it was a defensive specialist forward, and he he was making like major jack, and the same thing was coming up. Man, that's too much money to be paying for uh, defensive forward, and you know you should be paying the guys that put the puck in the net and this and that. And he he gave the argument almost like a lawyer that the the number of goals that that I prevent 
make me as valuable as an X, you know, 25, 30, 35 goal scorer. Yeah. And I was like, that, that's a fab, fabulous way to justify it. And was that John Madden? It. I think he got one of the. Is that who it was? It may. It have was been. John he Madden won. during a Super Bowl game. Yes, said that indeed. about. He, he was designing defensive forwards he was in hockey. Designing <laughs> the new uh, video game. Jesus. The New Jersey Devils. We had a lot of time to talk. John Summerall Madden. wouldn't say all that much. <laughs> That's right. Third and I, four. <laughs> I think John Madden was one of the first defensive forwards to get a pretty good contract. Yeah. Well, hey, look. They if they all get paid going forward, they they've all earned it. Yeah, uh, big time because yeah. it, it's it's one of the better mobile defense cores in the league. I was thinking this the other night too. Remember when they were trying to figure out who was going to play with with whom in the top four, and it was it would change all the time, and it was different D pairs. I mean, I'm going back a few years now. Yeah, and you look you, you look over the last I don't know 16 months, maybe more than that. And it's the stable top four pairings, uh, game in and game out, of just excellence yeah. in all that they do. It's been it's been it's been outstanding, and a big reason why they're they're a very good hockey club is that. Yeah, I think it, it may be the main reason that core of top four. No, it's goaltending. Don't yeah. don't give me that okay, main reason, Guff. Sorry about that. <sighs> Hey, a reminder that Rinky Dinking is sponsored by Choctaw Casinos and Resorts, who invites everyone from uptown to downtown, the suburbs to the small towns, to get out of town for a different kind of night out. Choctaw Casinos and Resorts, exclusively for everyone. That was beautiful. It really was. Uh, Yeah. Where do we want to go? Uh, I was talking. I was thinking about uh, forward depth the other day too. The Stars' fourth line, in particular, it. I mean, because of everything that's gone on, it's been a ferruginous, forever changing trio of players on the. Not just the Stars' fourth line; it's been most lines, hasn't it? Yeah, but not well, the, nine games two, in. Yeah. Not, nine games in, there has been nine different combinations on the fourth line. And it's, you always hear it's a good problem to have. They have like four or five guys who just jump right in and embrace the opportunity to play a game. Like Justin Dowling, I thought was great yesterday. Yeah, he, he played jump, well. Jump just jumps in and says, "Okay, this is my chance. I'm going to take advantage of it." Well, he got he got goes. a little he got yarded out after that poor outing in in uh, uh, Carolina. And then sat and watched for a while, and then you get your opportunity. You either go in and and show that you don't want to be pulled back out, and you can add value, or you're just in and you get yarded back out again. And somebody else goes in. Yeah, and you saw. I thought you saw that hunger in that fourth line yesterday. Best fourth line in Stars history. <laughs> oh, what is? Yeah. Uh, was the grumpy old man line yeah, the fourth I, line? Yeah, they were. I think it was too. They were great. Oh my god. They ha- that has to be it, right? Yeah, Bob Bob had a history of just bringing in guys who were supposedly on their last legs, and they came into this locker room, and man, they got the fountain of youth. What was that, 2000, right? Yeah. That's 21 years right, yeah. ago. Yeah. John McClain, Mike Keene, and Kirk Muller. Yep. Kirk uh, I always I used to go around the locker room uh, at All-Star time, and I said, which Stars player has played in the most All-Star games? And I'd ask players, and they'd be going, Zuboff, Madano, Kirk Muller. He had played in six all-star <laughs> games, and he was on the Stars' fourth line. He's such a good dude. He's such a good friend. Yeah. Uh, he is the antithesis of Grumpy, though. I, yes. I, didn't, I never really understood that moniker, other than Keener. Keener's pr- pretty grumpy. I don't think John McClain is, though, is he? No. It's just the fact the movie was out at that time. Is well, that and Hitch, and they were you old. Know, and they were old. always playing to the media. Yeah, they were old. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Kirky's doing – he's with the Canadians. What a start they – and Kirky's a assistant or associate coach there. So yeah. somebody was talking was... the other day about the North Division and how Canada's just going crazy because they all they do is get to watch Canadian play, teams play Canadian teams, and and that Montreal Toronto rivalry sounds pretty really jingoistic good. to me, Mike. Well, I'm I'm fine with that. I don't mind jingoistic. The Canadians are nice people. You probably didn't know that, Daryl. So I, I want them not to anymore. Be... I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> they annoy me now. But I'm just looking forward to Montreal, Toronto, and 
seeing some of those big games, hopefully in the playoffs. Well, I saw the same thing you're talking about, and I believe people in every division this year feel the same way. Yeah. That it's like all those people up in the Northeast with the Bruins and the Flyers and the Rangers, and every, they're all thinking the same thing. Yeah. And But it it is – it is rare, and it's a huge opportunity in Canada to have these teams play against one another because it is very much more collegiate feeling where it's that city against that city. I don't think you get the same sense down here. It's certainly not in the regular season. You know, that, that wasn't Dallas against Chicago yesterday in the precursor to the Super Bowl, right? It's Stars-Hawks. Right. Whereas when it's... Edmonton against Calgary, that's the Battle of Alberta, man. And and it's very much on. So it, it's – hey, I'll be honest. I've watched a ton of it. I, I have more interest in watching those games, maybe because they're presented better than most south of the border. Uh, and I don't know what it is, but I, I watch – I have. why would I be watching that? I have no interest in it. I have a few buddies that coach, Jim Playfair and, and Tip in Edmonton, and as I mentioned, Kirky and – in Montreal and that, but uh, I watch a lot of Central Division, and I find myself watching some of the North Division. Why did why they bother calling it the North Division? It's the Canadian it's, Division. It's, it's a Scotiabank Division. Stop. Oh, uh, yeah, way to go. <laughs> no, no, it's, everything's uh, uh, Choctaw. Choctaw, yeah, not Scotiabank. Choctaw, that's right. Okay. Uh, the other interesting thing about that division is where those franchises are right now that you're going to get a lot of goals. Because uh, they they embrace the offensive hockey player and they're not so great on defense, so I think that makes those games pretty fun too. Hmm. All right, uh, COVID this week. Here's the update: uh, Andre Sekera is back, and uh, that was nice to see him on the Zoom call this morning. And he's close to joining the troops again after being in protocol for well since we were in Carolina. Uh, Sabers are buckled. The Wild, Devils, and Avs games have been postponed. Have I covered it? Is that everyone? Yeah, I, I do like the fact that other games got rescheduled. So who was it? It was in St. Louis. Uh, so they just kept playing. <laughs> like somebody's opponent uh, got canceled for two games. So yeah. just went and played somebody else. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, hey, pick up hockey here and there. It's fluid. Yeah, uh, yeah and it, there's probably going to be more before this thing is even – half done uh, and boy amazing work by the league to shuffle things around and and try to kind of rejig the schedules and that I had to I did it in my little day timer from just the stars games and you start looking at it and you're like oh that gets busy in a hurry in that section of the schedule doesn't it yeah. so and, uh. and who knows what's going on I know they don't have concerts but you know they do have Mavericks games and other stuff they have to do when you know whatever arenas they're dealing with yeah you know, so well, league, yeah, you're right. The league right. does a pretty good job at this. You're right. Well, it's is it the league or is it a computer? Let's yeah, be well. serious. Okay. The the change from the league with the little breakouts like this was they're going to take the glass down from in behind the benches around the league, try to get a little better uh, airflow down to where the players sit. And they're going to try to spread them out more in, in the dressing rooms. And their dressing rooms, not locker rooms, people. Don't call them locker rooms. There's no lockers in there. They don't steal from one another. And uh, the Stars didn't do it. They, they will have it in place, I believe, for tomorrow night's game against the Hawks. They gave them a little extra time because they're one of the – how many teams? Four now I with fans? four, yeah. And I know so Arizona, you, Florida, Dallas. Yeah, so it's not, not as easy to just take the glass down when you've actually got paying uh, fans in behind there. Well, we were not, not right behind too. there, but up no. a little ways. The, the actual wording in the document said that the people in that section need to be vacated. Well, what is that section? Is it go all the way up to the concourse? Like, they, I would they think really so, yeah. Are they really going to have to yeah, move people out of that yeah. section? Yeah, yeah. Into other That's sections? Not, and just one, more, just one more hurdle. You know, just when you think, okay, we got this thing roped off, and this is going on, and people are in mass, and then another wrinkle gets thrown in, yeah. and, you, and you have to adjust to that. It's, yeah, you're five home games into your oh twenty something, you know. And it's I, it's it's got to be challenging. Everybody has a plan year. until you get punched in the mouth, Mike. I've been punched in the mouth many times, Daryl. Not me. I was quick. <laughs> Either that or I don't remember it. 
That's why you're still so. Uh, by the way, by the way, the stars are fightless no more. I know. I, I entering the week. As soon as that happened, entering, I'm gonna like Daryl's gonna love that. And entering the <laughs> Daryl's gonna love it. Jamie Ben loved it. Oh, it was entering crazy. the weekend. The stars were one of I think only seven teams yet to have a player drop the mitts and chuck knuckles. And that changed when Jamie Ben set Nikita Zadorov straight with so many lefts he was begging for her right. Obviously, I loved it. Uh, I loved what prompted it. You know, the Zadorov goes over and cruises by and engages young rookie Ty Delandria, gave him the hairy eyeball and tried to intimidate him. And I loved its outcome. Decisive win by Jamie. A lot of lefts, uppercut lefts. And I love Jamie's response to the question after it. Who asked him that question? I, I may have been sod. Was it? I think. A great answer, though, right? Yeah. I think, awesome. Talk I like fighting. Fight I think there should be more of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, did you see the one with Jordy the other night? Where he oh, yeah, unfortunately, I did, him? yes. But again, that he, he took him for the right reason. And took what? The punches to the oh face. Oh, my God. I know. I know. <laughs> and and uh, some uh, style in there, people trying to block punches and everything. You didn't see yeah, that too often. And yeah, it was, hard. it was harder to watch that it was, Jamie's but again, older brother than it was Jamie. But, <laughs> I, hey, look, all those guys, and it doesn't matter if you get clocked in a fight. Uh, they've said it forever in the sport. You just get major, major props for showing up, man. That, yeah. that is... That is not an easy thing. And uh, so anyway, it seems like the Jamies are the only ones that fight for us. Uh, <laughs> last year, it was it was Jamie Alexiak that, that led the team with three. And I think uh, Jamie Ben had two. That's five of the eight they had during the year. So yeah. there you go. It, I was looking at it the other day, too. They're, they're not having a lot of hits this year either. And so I'm starting I don't, to look. I don't believe in that that stat crap, though. Uh, like, are you? Do you really trust the people that are in an empty building with a computer screen and the nether reaches that they know mm. what a hit is and isn't, and they count them all? No, and and it changes so much from building to building too. So, J, just Jamie Ben had no hit hits heading into I think yesterday, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, how did they score? How did Joe Pavelski score that goal in Columbus when Jamie went in the corner and and hit Savard? And took the puck from him, and then they started their their rotation back to the point, and then Klingberg shot it, and Pavelski tipped it. Mystery, huh? It does. I mean, we go all joke. on about hockey it's a stats. Joke. The shooting percentage stats are for include, losers. Doesn't include statistics. Shots. Are like bikinis. They show a lot, but they don't show everything. I like the guy who says that. That's who one. That? Is that Tony Romo? And no, it's not Tony. It's not Tones. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> no, and uh, statistics are only correct like eighty-seven point six percent of the time. Anyway, so I, you know what? Speaking of fighting, though, I, I avoided. I think my first ever Twitter fight this week. Did you know that? I did not. Who were you going to fight? On Twitter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this sounds juicy. Okay. We're in Columbus. I am relaying a story about Seth Jones, who I think the world of, and what a fantastic skater he is. And Seth Jones' mom was watching our broadcast, Amy, and she took to Twitter to clap back at me at something I had said. Oh, I saw this. And uh, she took a little offense with me saying he took figure skating as a youth. And she pointed out, using uh, one hashtag and two ats in it, that he took skating lessons from a figure skater. So you get it? He did not take figure skating lessons. He took skating lessons from a figure skater. So I apologized, and I stood corrected with... uh, my statement, Amy set me straight. I didn't I didn't jump on Twitter and, and say anything. I just went through it on the air, and we, we got it all cleaned up. See? Pretty good, huh? You're an ambassador for the game. Boring. 
I did also add, though, that you <laughs> you are uh, tangentially figure skating, you know, power, edges, et cetera, when taking skating lessons from a figure skater. True? Yes, but are you wearing figure skates or are you wearing hockey skates? I think. That's oh, you're wearing hockey skates. Yeah, of so course. then you're not figure skating. Anyway, I was sorry. I didn't get it right. Now I, now I got it right twice, and uh, we are very appreciative of the ratings that – Go through the roof in Next the time Metroplex. We pay Columbus. We'll, we'll have to I don't like time. to get I don't like to get hockey mums riled up. I'm sure I do. <laughs> Man, you don't want to get it on the wrong side of hockey mums. Ever. You always they say are that, that the as protective. Are... They are as protective as a mama bear with two cubs <laughs> coming out of hibernation. The players would never talk to you about what you said on the air, but they would say what their wives told them about what you said on the air. <laughs> my mom told me. Funny. Yeah, my mom told me. Uh, anyway, it was <laughs> pretty funny. Sagan's mom watching at home. It was pretty funny. Pretty funny. What else you got? Anything? Or we get out really of here? I really don't. That's, uh, that's very full circle because Seth Jones appeared in a Super Bowl commercial he last did. night. He did. He was the only hockey player that I saw show up in, in the Super Bowl. So he's a big deal. That's very no big deal. Well executed. Yeah. yeah. It did bring it full circle. I'll, I'll, I'll button it off with an even more full circle. Is that even a thing? Can you do that? Sure. If we already went full circle, then we're, I don't know, we're probably drawing outside the lines now. Ah, that's it for this edition of Rinky Dinking, presented by Chalk Talk Casinos and Resorts. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll leave you. Uh, first, thanks. To both of you, I thought you were both outstanding this week in our fourth edition Agreed. of the season. But I will leave you with the immortal words and sage advice of the legendary Kevin Harlan. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man! We out. <laughs>